Welcome to another episode of Questions You Ask. I'm Gary McIntyre. We thank you for joining us uh, for this episode. Today, I'm again joined by Executive Pastor Alan Tolliver and Discipleship Pastor John Hume, and we're going to hit the question, can Jesus be the only way to God? And so I want to just jump right in uh, and ask you, Alan, and I know, look, People online might be wondering, hey, don't you have any other staff that can uh, help out with this thing? Because this is, what, three in a row now? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have other staff, but they're, we just don't like them as much. And so, uh, I was just kidding, Alan. So, uh, no, what we want to talk about is, are there many ways to heaven? Because we've all heard that. We've all heard people say, ah, oh, there's many ways to heaven. Uh, we've seen all religions point to the same God. You can't drive down a road without seeing a coexist bumper sticker on someone's car. And I'm like, do they not even know that these people hate each other? That, I mean, they're, you can't have all of this coexist together uh, right. just because it is so radically different what they, they believe. Uh, and so this whole idea about there being only one way to heaven, I mean, I think it's safe to say that Jesus kind of has an opinion on the matter. Uh, so let's just jump right in on that. John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, I don't think there's much misreading that there. It seems to be the word. So what's going on there, Alan? What's the background behind this that compelled Jesus to make this statement? All right. Um, this part of the text in John comes from what we call the Upper Room Discourses. And this was on the last night that Jesus spent with his disciples before being arrested and then later crucified. So it starts back in John chapter 13 that Jesus begins the evening by washing his disciples' feet. And then he begins to talk to them about next things, all of the uh, things that are about to unfold, all of the things that are about to happen. And really, they don't understand it. You know, Jesus is talking, um, you'll see later in, in John 15, in 16, John, Jesus is talking about the, the vine, and I am the, the true vine, and I am the connection to the Father. And the disciples on some level are like, what is happening? I mean, Jesus arrives into the room, he takes off his clothes, uh, he strips down to just a, a, his tunic, and he, he gets down and washes his disciples' feet, which he's never done before. And then he starts to talk to them about next things. And, and, I think as as Jesus talks, the text doesn't say this. This is this is my understanding of the scene. As Jesus talks, the disciples are getting more and more and more uncomfortable. Because it's it's not normal. It's not a pattern that Jesus has done before. And and so Jesus is talking to them about next things. And if you look at John 14, starts in verse 1, he says, Let your heart not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, in my Father's house are many dwelling places, rooms, spaces. If it was not so, would I have told you? I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. And, and to my previous point, it was Thomas who chirped up. It says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And then verse 6 that you just read for us is Jesus' response to Thomas, who's expressing some doubt. I mean, we know him as doubting Thomas. And so that's the backstory uh, of that scene as Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. I mean, it seems like 
it's the punctuation mark on the end of what three years of ministry yeah. where he's like yeah. driving his point home thomas is like well how do we know the way and it's like I'm the way. I've been here the whole time. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Mic drop. Mic drop. Yeah. But what does that mean to a Jewish audience who's, they've seen the miracles, they've been following Jesus around for years, but but what does that mean? What is this I am the way and the truth and the life? I mean, what, does that, what does that mean? Even just that I am statement, right? That would mean those two words would mean something huge to them. Oh, that's, that's a powerful. It just, you're actually absolutely right about that. Burning bush moment, right? Exodus. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who are you? What What is your name? Right. I am that I am. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the thing is, the, the one person that doesn't seem to be confused by this statement is Jesus himself. It's not like he's having second thoughts about it. I, I mean, he, he, he put it out there unequivocally. I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but to me. And anybody who says then there's multiple ways to God, there's multiple multiple pathways to heaven, has to somehow deal with this. And a lot of times the way they do that is to say, well, he just didn't mean that. Or how do we know what he said? Uh, how do we even know the words of Jesus? Which sounds like that might be a topic for another podcast. Again, part three of our last uh, uh, "How Can We Trust the Bible" uh, series. But I, 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 I want to talk about a couple of things here because, again, uh, there's no way Jesus was confused on this matter. He knew, and he's just driving that point home because he's about to leave them. He knows that. All right, I'm about to leave this whole thing in their hands. Uh, he's already talked about. Has he already talked about the Holy Spirit coming, or is that? I think that's a few it's, chapters it's a few, later. It's a few verses. Yeah. Uh, but that's coming. He knows that they're not going to be left alone. But they don't even know he's leaving. They don't get this yet. Yep. And so all of a sudden, he's making these grand statements. Um, so Jesus knew this one thing, and he wanted his disciples to know it. So here's the thing. Jesus knew the. The way to heaven rules. I mean, he ought to because he pretty much created everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before, I, I want to land on that just for a minute because I don't think a lot of people, they, they may know it intellectually from reading the Bible and stuff, but I don't know if they've connected all the dots. How many different places in the Bible that talks about Jesus being not just God, but being the creator? Uh, which the, I remember the first time I, I read that across several Bible books, I'm like, oh, I should have known that all along, but I've never put the pieces together. For instance, we jump straight to Genesis chapter 1. Y'all could probably quote it off the top of your head. Genesis chapter 1, 1, what's it say? In the beginning. In the beginning? God created. The? Heavens and the earth. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to have to string you along, uh, but that's exactly it. That's, that's probably the the oldest recollection I have of the Bible is probably that verse right there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I remember being at like youth camp. I might have been in college already. Might have been there as kind of a, a chaperone. And I'm reading John. And I, ha- I have to believe I was probably reading it for the first time. John chapter 1. And I remember this moment vividly as if it was yesterday when John, here he is. He's trying to introduce Jesus to a Jewish audience and a Greek audience. And he's using like language uh, that we might not necessarily recognize today. He's using like, he says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And for the first time I read that, I'm like, wait a minute, let me back up. What did he just say? The word was with God. The word was God. 
is he saying that this is Jesus? And then he just throws it out there. I, I think later on in the verse, the word became flesh and dwelt, made his dwelling among us. That's absolutely who he's talking about. Right. And so then as I'm reading that, all of a sudden I read some other stuff that John, now that I know he's talking about Jesus himself, he says this, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Then all of a sudden, when you look at Genesis chapter 1, what are the first words? Yeah. In the beginning. What are the first words of John chapter 1? In the beginning. And you see John making that tie, not only to Jesus being God, Jesus being the creator, he's actually tying what he's writing all the way back thousands of years to saying, look, this is the same guy, the same God who created it all, which gets back to a statement. I don't know if I remember I made it earlier, but, you know, it, it, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He ought to know. Uh, and it almost has this, this idea that, hey, it's my universe, my rules. If I say I'm the way, I'm the way. And so here we see that Jesus is the creator, but that's not the only place. About a year ago is the first time I made, maybe it was two years ago, reading Colossians. It's right there too. There's a creation story in Colossians. Uh, it, it's crazy. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, it says, Paul wrote this, in all things, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Yeah. Huh, how have I never seen that before? I've read it before. I just never made the connection. All things, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And this, to me, is such a powerful statement. And in him, all things hold together. He's, he's what sustains it all. If there's no Jesus, there is nothing else. Because even if all of a sudden he creates it all and disappears... There's nothing left to hold it together. I find that amazing. So, John, I want to I get over to you then. With this idea in mind, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Uh, and if, if you buy into the idea that since he created it all, it's his rules to make anyway, why do you think people are so seemingly desirous, if not, if not desperate, for there to be multiple ways to God? So, as we're getting to that statement, I just want to say, even in Genesis 1 account, when he says, um, let us, like there's a phrase in there near the end. Let us let make us. Yeah. That that idea, that concept, the beautiful concept of the Trinity, right? God the Father, who's God over us. God the Son, God who came to us, right, in the form of Jesus. God the Spirit, who's God, who is within and through us. Uh, just a, that's a really fast explanation of something that's much deeper than that but it, but it's it's all the concepts the god the father god the son and god the holy spirit in all of this all the time right so we see um we see people who desire and think there are many other ways to heaven if we say that god is the only way to heaven which i believe with jesus is the way to heaven i am the way the truth and life i believe that we're saying that other people are wrong mm -hmm, right so and I believe they are. I mean, I believe that Jesus is the way to heaven. I believe that he is in, in many places, even the, the, the famous passage, right? John 3, 16, uh, my version here, the Christian Standard Bible, for God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It's pretty obvious here. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
if, if we believe in Jesus, right, we're going to be saved. A, cu- a couple of other things in Acts. Acts 2.21 tells us everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not a bunch of different names. And that's even a, that being said in Acts is from the, the Old Testament book of Joel. This, Joel says that, uh, just a, a quote from Joel, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If we confess with our mouth, Romans 10, Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Uh, John chapter six tells us that everyone who believes in the son has eternal life. All throughout the scripture, it continues to point to the fact that there is one way to heaven and that is through Jesus. And I think it's been set up from the beginning. At the beginning of time, we see that God created the world so that we could be with him in the story of Adam and Eve. But then sin came into the world, right? And just kind of wrecked that relationship. Right. Throughout the rest of the Old Testament, uh, Alan and I talked about this with a Sunday school class one day. Throughout the rest of the Old Testament, people tried to live and and live a certain way out of uh, righteousness or out of their own, I, I've got to be right with God, that I can, I can make my relationship right with God. Um, we recognize even in that, that we can't do anything good enough on our own to make it to heaven. I mean, the, the story I use all the time is when I load the dishwasher at home, I think I've done a good job. Paige comes behind me and loads about 50 more things in the dishwasher, right? She can do a much better job loading it. Our boys would clean their room. Did you clean your room? Yeah, I cleaned your room. Okay, did you do a good job? Yeah, I did a good job. In their mind, they might have done a good job. But who's the ultimate judge of everything is God. So he sent his son Jesus to earth for us to live a perfect life, die a perfect death so that we could have the way to heaven. We don't want to think that other people and other religions are wrong, but they are. Jesus is the way to heaven. I mean, I agree. I think one of the things for me that it gets to, it becomes a matter of the authority of the Bible. We just spent two episodes talking about the authority of the Bible, and I think it gets right back to this. Uh, And the question is, do we believe that the teachings of the Bible stand authoritatively over all other documents. Um, Because one of the problems we see, and we'll have a discussion about it in a future episode, how do we study the Bible? One of the ways you, what you don't do is take other things and interpret the Bible through that lens. Uh, Because that's, the Bible is to be the lens through all these other things are interpreted. Because that's, that's not to say that there's no value in say, having this that maybe sheds light to this. But what you don't do is take your own uh, belief system, your own cultural values or what, and put it in here because that's not what it's designed to do. Uh, and so it, it, to me, it gets back to a matter of authority. Do we see this Bible as being authoritative over all other documents? Well, if, if I'm reading something that contradicts what God's Word says, God's word trumps that. It does. It does. And here's the deal, though. Uh, And that's not to say, all right, it trumps that and then just shy away from it. I mean, we can find out why it trumps that. We can, because God has revealed enough of himself that we can look at that and understand, oh, this is why. Because we can use the totality of scripture to speak to almost anything, Mm -hmm. uh, which is one of the reasons why we're wanting to do this kind of podcast anyway. Let's see what the Bible says about these things. uh, And let's see... I, I challenge anybody to try to find something that the Bible can't speak to uh, and, and make sense of if someone's open-minded to receive it. A lot of people aren't, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's kind of what we're talking about t- uh, today. I guess uh, getting back to the authority thing, 
do we believe that God in his desire to rescue us from the consequences of our sinful natures, do we believe that God made himself knowable? I think sure. we wouldn't have the Bible if he didn't have a desire to make it to be known. Uh, and so he not only has he given us a resource that we can trust, he has made him known that he is knowable, that he wants to reveal not only his will, but his heart. He wants to uh, restore his people to himself, and he wants to have a relationship. Uh, and so then it just makes sense then that there are people out there who, who they don't want that. They don't want that relationship, so then they're going to come up with all these other philosophies and stuff and come up with their own way of doing things. And so they're going to say, yeah, there's many ways to God. Uh, of course there are to them. Because so, they want many ways to God. Exactly. Uh, next question. Do we believe that the Bible that we have today is an accurate transmission and translation of the original manuscripts? We've talked about that. Yeah. I'm sure we'll hit on that again. Um, what we can know, I think, with confidence then, so if we believe that this is an accurate record of the words of Jesus and the, the actions, so when Jesus comes along and says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and you have a whole history that goes this much farther back that's showing how God has worked and weaved his way through history uh, just to get us to the person of Jesus, then we can believe that we can trust those words. Uh, and if Jesus is the only way to God, then that requires a response on our part. And I think that's the part that trips up a lot of people. And I think you might have hinted at it a minute ago. People don't want that. Uh, I was telling John earlier, it seemed like, yeah, people like the idea of heaven. They just don't want the responsibility that goes with it. Uh, they, don't, they don't want to have to... We always talk about, you know, someone being saved. We talk about someone accepting Christ as their Savior. But salvation isn't just about acceptance. It's about allegiance. And that's what trips a whole lot of people up. They can even believe—people can believe facts about Jesus. I mean, a lot of people do, but some people, it's just like an order to get away from the idea of having to give an allegiance to Jesus. Well, then they'll try to throw the whole thing out. They don't want that. Uh, anything y'all want to speak to that in any way? Well, I I was kind of looking ahead in John 14, and it, it's actually just a few verses later. Jesus says, I assure you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than than these because I am going to the Father, and whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. There's a there's a sense there that, that we are not just followers of Jesus, or we not just have a uh, an intellectual understanding of Jesus, but we have acts um, that are visible in our life because we love Jesus, because we follow Jesus, because we follow His teachings, because we seek to grow as a disciple. And so the things that Jesus taught and expressed and um, encouraged us to do as followers should be visible in our lives to others that are watching. So when you make a public declaration, you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, it's not, it's not, that's the beginning of the of the process. That's the beginning of the journey, not the destination. Hmm. Right. John mentioned earlier uh Romans 10. Mm -hmm. Uh if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. I mean, that confession is an allegiance. If you believe yeah. Jesus is Lord, yeah. I mean that's like, all right, you're making yourself subservient to someone else. And, and believe in your heart. Yep. It's not just a confession of Jesus as Lord. And believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. All right. Which gets back to acceptance and allegiance being a part of 
salvation. I mean, yeah. Even the, right, even the, what is it, James? Even the demons believe in God. Hey, exactly. Right. 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 The bad guys believe. Yeah. So I, I would. I would say. Uh, I don't get frustrated with the fact that there's only one way to heaven, right? Um, I in in my life, I'm grateful that God in His wisdom outlined a way for his son to come to earth to live a perfect life and to die a perfect death that i'm able to understand that and be with him forever so i i'm just i'm just honored that the fact that i am the way the truth and life no one comes to the father except through me that that passage i'm just honored that uh that that i'm there right that i understood that as a kid that i understood that as a nine-year-old of what of what God has done for me, and then that understanding has just allowed me to continue to grow, and then understand God's call in my life that I want other people to understand that, and know know what it means to follow Christ and be able to have a relationship with Him. The thing that's remarkable to me, and I think I've shared it with you, uh, it isn't so much that Jesus is the only way. The most remarkable thing to me is that, that there's a way at all. Uh, that God was under no obligation to provide a way. He could have easily said, all right, I, I told you, don't do this. You did this. And he actually told them, if you do this, you will surely die. Hmm. I mean, he could have then wiped it all out. He could have started over if he wanted to, or he just could have said, eh, I tried it, been there, done that. Uh, let's, let's, let's go a different route. But he didn't. He, he actually put things into motion so that he could restore creation to himself. And we see that. And you've already quoted off some verses. And I, I want to hit a few more. You said, John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Uh, Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, still sinners. Christ died for us. I mean, for people out there looking for some other extraordinary way or unextraordinary way to get to heaven, I mean, the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us without even getting into the brutality of the method and everything that he had to go through to do that. He chose to go through to do that for us. The fact that he did, it's like, guys, there's a way. There, there's a way. Uh, you look at uh, John 11, uh, 11 and 12, uh, talking about Jesus. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Yeah. There's a way. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah he might, it might be the only way, but there didn't have to be a way. But God provided a way in the most gruesome, unimaginable way that we could even conceive. He did that for us. Yeah. And I would just add, for as a bit of a side note, that particular text, the adoptionism symbology, is very, very powerful when you deal with disenfranchised people, when you're um, sharing the gospel. Um, we see that very effectively in West Africa and some of our work mm-hmm. as, as a church on different mission trips. Um, because adoptionism is a very powerful statement of restoration and redemption. And so we use that that symbolism of adoption, um, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that we might be called children of God. Yeah, it's beautiful.
that whole adoption, the whole adoption uh, understanding there is really, really powerful. Yeah, you, you, have, you have no connection to a father, and with adoptionism, you suddenly have a, a new relationship that gives you status as a son, as a child, as a beloved. And, and it's a legal that. term, am I right? It is. Yes. So, I mean, you, it's not just that you're now in this relationship. You have full legal standing as if you were a natural-born That child. you had no standing right. yesterday. And can't be taken away. Right. And that, it can't be taken away. Legal, that, in that legal terms, right, it's, it's a permanent. And then we see that with God in our life, that he adopted us as his children, mm-hmm. permanent, forever, uh, which is just pretty amazing. Right. Uh, before we close this thing out, anybody got anything else? I don't think we can talk about this without letting people know that are listening to this, that if they have never understood, right, or never have come to a point to understand who Christ is and that they can be a child of God, that that they can. They can understand his love for them. They can understand what he has done for them. They can understand that 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 famous John 3:16 verse that whosoever believes in him that everybody's a whosoever right that it's it's not about your social standing or your class or what country you grew up in or where you came from anybody right can understand his love for us and and understand who he is and accept that life that he offers and be a child of God and and I would not want anyone to listen to this to miss that that they can become a child of God. And if they haven't, please get a hold of one of us. Please let us continue to understand, to explain to you what that love of God is always about. Uh, not always, what, it, what it is about, that he, he loves us so much that he gave his only son for us and uh, died a perfect death, lived a perfect life so that we can understand and, and be with him forever. Just a wonderful thing. Right. All right, Alan, John, appreciate you joining us uh, for yet another uh, one of our episodes. All of you online, uh, thank you for joining us for questions you ask. I'm Gary McIntyre. Looking forward to seeing you next time.